Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 298, two day, two, not two days, two episodes away, because tomorrow's is a teaching series, which is not numbered, as you guys know. More on that in a second, but I hope you guys had a great weekend. I definitely did. I took Thursday and Friday off as well, and uh, my wife and then my in-laws, we went over to Bend, Oregon for a couple of days. Man, it was amazing. It was medicine. It was it was like the perfect amount of rest. And I always think when you go on a vacation, if you feel that kind of pull, like, oh, I wish it was just like a day longer, you're in the sweet spot. Because if you're like, get me out of here, that's like not, not good. So um, it was just, it was perfect. Um, I know everybody else that was there would agree. We went to a concert, saw Lindsey Sterling. That was amazing. One of the best concerts I've ever, ever seen. Um, and I just, it was like the perfect combination of uh, just music and dance and all of this. It was just, it was incredible. So really, really great. If you guys are listening on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah Fire podcast there as well. That'll really help us out. Speaking of as well, Anytime you guys don't, ooh, did you see that transition? Anytime you donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, all proceeds go to keep, go towards keeping this free at five days a week, but also we take a small portion of every single donation and we funnel into our water well efforts. So we're going to play a quick video updating you on the well status, and then we're going to get going. The, the villagers have got to walk all through this dirt and this, this swamp to go and pick water. To show you this is to really let you know you are not only uh, doing history but leaving a legacy. Mm -hmm. Because from from this water to clean water, you have eliminated all diseases. There are many communities that are still struggling and suffering. Uh, so we continue to pray with you and continue to pray with us that we shall continue to lift up the standards of living of our people and that they can be free from all sicknesses. God bless you. We are now, we are now heading to the launch of a wonderful gift that you have donated yeah. to elevate these people from this level to the Relax. level now you're going to see. It's up for you. We thank you. We thank you so much for alleviating this community from bad, contaminated water. And we pray that God blesses you so much. We are going to open it and launch it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And on behalf of Elijah I hand over this borehole to the leaders and to the people. And I dedicate it to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everyone who say, Amen. So let us see whether we have some water. You are impacting thousands. Donate today at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. All right. So also starting tomorrow, we begin a new teaching series. Woo! So it's going to be a three-parter this time. Part one of three is going to be this Wednesday. So that's the sixth. That's January, man. Wow. Not January at all. September 6th. Guys, it's kind of a Monday. It's Tuesday, but it's a Monday. Um, but new teaching series tomorrow. That's on the sixth part one of three. It's going to be called Relationships 101. This has been 
one that my wife and I have been wanting to do for a while, waiting for the right moment, and it was time to strike. So my wife and I are going to be hosting it, Jeff and Lauren Tharp, um, and we are going to be joined every single week by a different couple, and they're going to be sharing their story. Uh, all of them have very different backgrounds. So first up is going to be Yvonne Atia and her husband, Mina. As you know, they grew up in Egypt, went over to Australia, um, have a really, really crazy story um, of how the Lord had kind of just transformed their marriage. And so everybody that's going to be joining us every single week have a very Holy Spirit, God-driven marriage that has been successful and has stood the test of time. And, um, you know, my wife and I have been married for 12 years. Um, and this is something that we're very, very passionate about. So uh, I cannot wait. This is going to apply to anybody, whether you are in a romantic relationship currently or not yet. Um, so can't wait, you guys. So excited. That's going to start tomorrow, September 6th, and it's going to go for two more consecutive weeks after that. So very exciting. Also, speaking of exciting, Friday the 8th is our 300th episode, and we're going to be doing another Q&A. There were some other things we had thought about doing. They just didn't work out. We're like, you know what? Let's do a Q&A. Illumination is going to be joining me. So it's going to be an opportunity to ask us anything. You can ask us an Elijah Fire related question. You can ask us a question directed at Illumination. I know that she just did an episode with me recently. So it's really fresh in your guys' mind. I'm sure you guys have a lot of more questions. Feel free to ask that or you can ask me some more questions. Um, so that's going to be on Friday. It's going to be live. 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. So we want your guys' questions and how you get your questions to us. There are two ways. You can write us on Facebook Messenger. Uh, there's a link in the description to our Facebook page if you're at a loss or not following us yet. Also, you can DM us on Instagram. So uh, those are the two ways. You can write us a question on Messenger, Facebook Messenger, or you can DM us on Instagram. So I'm going to be reminding you guys every day this week up until Friday. So, um, and you can comment on YouTube and rumble too. We'll be looking through this as well. There you go. There's a, there's a, there's a free bonus extra. If you're like, I don't want to write a message. I just want to comment here. There you go. You're welcome. You can comment here as well. So very exciting. That's going to be on Friday. We're really looking forward to it. Celebrate with all of you guys, 300 episodes. That's just that's wild. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, and that's not even including the, all the teaching series we've done. So, all right. Um, Illumination and I have been watching this guest for a while. We really, really love his content. Um, he's got a great teaching gift. Um, so I think you guys are going to be really blessed by him. He's a Christian content creator, speaker, teacher extraordinaire. And he's also the host of the podcast, The Futures Know. Let's give it now. Let's give it up for my guest today, Spencer Nakamura. Spencer, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I'm excited to be here with you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for saying yes. We of were course. like, score. It was an easy you. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Um, there's, you know, I mean, you've got a pretty big following online. So there might be some people who actually do know who you are or do follow you. Um, mm -hmm. But for those who don't, who is Spencer Nakamura? You can go as far back as when I was, uh, when I was a young pup. I yeah. yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I, uh, I'm from the Northwest like you We're yeah. Northwest buddies. I'm in uh, Washington state. So, nice. um, I'm in, uh, Washington state. I got saved when I was 16 years old. Um, I'm a part of an awesome church over here called motion church. And, uh, yeah, I'm a 
Christian content creator that kind of formed in 2020 with all the craziness that 2020 brought. Um, it kind of slowed down everybody's life, right? And so I just felt like me and my wife, I've uh, been married for seven years now. So my right. wife and I, when 2020 hit, we just felt like, the Lord was calling us to a, a new season. Didn't really know practically what that meant. But, um, you know, from the time when I got saved, when I was in high school, there's just a lot of words spoken over me uh, talking about, you know, teaching and having a voice. And so 2020 was actually a, a time where I was working at the church that I still go to today. But it also was a time where I felt a little bit of that, you know, you got, you probably felt this in your life, a little bit of a conviction nudging from the Holy Spirit. And oh, yeah. What I felt like was the Holy Spirit was saying, you know, you're doing a good thing, obviously working for the church and doing that. Obviously, it's a it's a great thing. However, it's it's not quite what I've specifically called you to do. Mm -hmm. So that was a little weird wake up call for me because I always envisioned my life. If I love the local church, if I want to be a part, then obviously that means, you know, vocational ministry, being a part of and working at church. But so me and my wife, we we kind of prayed through it. We fasted. We thought, and um, I just felt like maybe it's maybe it's just if the most practical thing I could do was put out a podcast because that was just you know it didn't cost any money. There was no upfront cost. It's just like all right, mm -hmm. well let me just grab a mic and and talk. And you know there was obviously the the insecurity that came with that where I was thinking like man. It's a little, I mean, you know, this, anybody that puts out things on the internet knows it's very vulnerable. It's very oh, hardcore, oh, you know, do, why would people listen to me? But we stepped out in that and uh, it's been about two and a half years and we've just seen the Lord do some pretty awesome, incredible things through the the ministry. What it, it's kind of developed, it started as a podcast and now it's kind of developed into a, you know, I call it a media ministry where it's, you awesome. know, across a bunch of platforms mm -hmm. and doing teaching. So it's it's grown, um, it's continuing to grow and we're seeing uh, it resonate with people, which is obviously the prayer originally. So yeah, I uh, part of my church still, I love it. I love the local church, but uh, this is just a separate thing that I feel like God has called me to do. So we're walking faithfully in it. I love it. I think that's one of the great things though about technology now though, is it allows that if anything, it's, I mean, obviously there's a lot of bad stuff that can be done with technology, but there's a lot of good stuff that God is doing mm -hmm. with technology and what you're doing. And even what we're doing here at Elijah fires is a testimony to that, that it's, it's a great opportunity to, yeah, if you were stuck, you know, stuck, I don't know if stuck's the right word, locked into your local church and that was it. That's good. Yeah. But Obviously, God's like, but there's technology now, and I actually have greater purposes for mm -hmm. Spencer to broadcast his voice even farther, the things that I've put inside of him through technology, you know? Absolutely. And it's, yeah, it is, you know, because I think one of the common critiques of what we do is, you know, there's this there's this preconceived idea of media and social media and how damaging it is. And there's documentaries on it. And I'm not arguing any of those points, sure. right? I'm not, of course, like, you know, there's, there's a level of darkness that comes with social media, the internet age of information. I get it. But like, you know, I, I, I kind of think about how when the radio was invented, right. Everybody was like, Oh, the radio is demonic. And you know, <laughs> people that were preaching on the radio is like, they were just like, they were villains and oh, you can't, uh -huh. you know, and then television and people yeah. are like criticizing people that are preaching the gospel on television. And my, my response and, and my outlook to it is, you know, the, the, um, the message and the theme of my podcast is always let's preach truth in a world full of lies. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many lies out there on the internet. There's so many lies out there on social media. So why not try and invade that space with a little bit of truth and 
and make the impact that we can. Because if we're being honest, the internet is here and it's and it's staying and it's the future. So might right. as well get into a space that needs Jesus and, and preach truth in it. Well, and honestly, get ahead of stuff. I think that's something that I I see a lot more Christians thinking like this now, especially with the advent of more technologies presenting themselves now. Is hold on, let's actually get ahead. Yeah, this and something that I've been very vocal about. I, I'm, I am, my wife and I both feel called to the film industry. We have a great, mm. like a huge heart for the film industry, not just like make Christian movies, like actually yeah. the film industry itself. And um, one of the things that breaks my heart is I think it was, I need to get my dates exactly right on this, but it was sometime in like the first part of the, the um, 20th century. So it was like, 20s 30s somewhere around there mm -hmm. the industry came to the church and said we want to make we want to make christian movies we want to make all these things and the church were the ones that said get out of here you sinners forget yeah. you and i'm like Ugh! like now yeah, we're like yeah, yeah. Oh. you know and so i think that all that's really shaped my thinking of like what are things that we can do now to get ahead of or be to be some of the first people in these arenas of new technology presenting themselves. And so, yeah, I mean like streaming, all that stuff is part of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's just it. I mean, it is getting ahead. It's, it's realizing where the world is going. And in a, a good distinction though, I like to, I like to make is, you know, I, I always tell everybody that's listening to me on, you know, where, wherever it may be. I'm like, I'm not, I'm a supplement and I'm a resource, but I, I'm not your church. And mm -hmm. I think that that's an important distinction to make is like a lot of create, not a lot, but I see some creators, you know, and uh, they're Christian creators and, and the environment that they're creating is almost like, like they're acting as a local church. But I always say like, Hey, yes, listen to all my podcasts and live streams and do everything. And this is, this is a community that we're building. But then I also emphasize at the end of it, like, hey, this is not your local church. I am not your pastor. <laughs> like, you need yeah. to go get a pastor at a local church. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that also comes with a big criticism is a lot, maybe a lot of churches or whatever looks at us and thinks that we're trying to replace them. But it's like, no, we're not really trying to replace them. It's just a different avenue of evangelism and discipleship that hasn't been there in the past and will only grow in the future. So that's what I always right. like to say. I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a church, but at the same time, if there's going to be a space that I can preach in and, and impact at scale, a lot of people across the world, then of course I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, that's ultimately a good thing, you know? And mm -hmm. I think there's so many people now that it could be because of COVID. It could be because of a lot of other things are becoming less and less comfortable in physical environments. And, and, and I see things like this and like what you're doing as a touch point for people to come back. And a lot of it comes from like hurt and, and relationships yep, yep. and not feeling like, you know, like feeling like the, the reject, the outcast. And I, I mean, everybody knows that that feels like to a degree. And so I do see these as touch points, building a bridge back to those people to bring mm -hmm. them back into the fold, you know, definitely. So, yeah, well, I'm curious, I got to, um, so you got saved at 16. Did you grow up in a Christian home? Was that something that was, uh, you know, around you or was that not existent in your home? No. So I'm a, I'm a first generation Christian in my household. Wow, and uh, yeah, so both my parents aren't saved. Uh, neither is any of my family. So I got saved when I was 16. My friend invited me to a youth group. And I I mean, I'm like not a churched person, never had experience. I, I went to like a couple of my friends when we were like in kindergarten, you know, the Veggie Tales Bible study thing, but yeah. none of it ever clicked. 
And I had a really good friend at the time and uh, his family. It's just like, you know, I, I, I explain it like I would, I would go there after school and we would hang out and there was just like something different on the, mm. like they're, they're an incredible family, but I'm like, something's just different here. And uh, just through friendship, he invited me to a youth conference and it's still, still the church I go to today, but I went to the youth conference. I got radically saved, encountered Jesus. And it, it was just like a, it was a switch that flipped in me where it's like the world made sense to me. And so then I got saved at 16. I did the internship at the church and uh, worked there for uh, five years and then started the podcast. So how has that been with your family? How do they react to what you do? Is it still weird for them? Have they become more warm to it? How's you know, it's, I'm, I'm super fortunate, you know, because since the beginning, my family, both my parents have always been very supportive. And I know that, that, you know, everybody has different family dynamics, but my family has always been like, Hey, good for you. I'm glad I was, I, I wasn't like a problem child too. Like mm-hmm. we always joke about it. Like even when I wasn't saved and that, that's actually a story in itself that maybe I could tell, but yeah. um, I, I was like, not a bad kid. I wasn't like rebellious. I was generally respectful. And so I think because of that, when I got saved, it was, it was more so like, Hey, if you want to do this, if this is, you know, what your passion, then good for you. And mm-hmm. um, I was always at the church. My parents never complained. Um, and even to this day, they respect it. You know, they'll, they, they'll probably listen to this podcast. Like they, they awesome. listen to a lot of what I do and, and they sure. follow along, but they have the, they have the mentality of, Hey, good for you, mm-hmm. but not for me. Yeah. But we're praying. We're praying. Amen. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely. So obviously you started, you'd said that when you were around, like, I think it was, you said around like 18, somewhere around there, you started getting words about teaching and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you walk that out? Obviously, because I mean, uh, the reason why I ask is because you, this is all new to you. So yeah. <laughs> you're getting these things and you're like, sweet. I'm sure there was a party that really resonated when you get a word that like, really, y- you feel this spark within you. It's like this, f- this, this flicker of hope. Um, and you just know that that was that was for you, even if it doesn't make sense to your immediate world where you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't peg myself as a teacher, but something about it really stuck. But I'm just curious how you, how you began to walk that out. You get the word, then what? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Cause I, I think that this is a good, you know, this is a message that everybody walks through is just like that season of, okay, you feel like you're supposed to be at a certain point or you're supposed to be doing something specifically and it's not there, but you've gotten words. So it's always like that waiting. And I feel like scripture talks all about waiting seasons, but yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I remember because the, there's defining moments that you remember about these things. Like I remember I was at my first summer camp and I was in a cabin of guys and obviously there's a the cabin leader and we're doing devotions. And I mean, I'm saved probably, I've been saved for like probably eight months at this point. But when I got saved, I just had, I just had a love for God's word. I mean, like it was just like every morning, you know, and, and that wasn't just me, but it was also like leaders in my life that would do devotions with me and read the word. And it was just something that like, it was the root system of my faith that really just like caused me to stick. It's just, I fell in love with God's word. So it, but it was interesting because there was times where like, we're doing devotions and, you know, you share your devotions and your read through and, now I'm sharing it. And I remember there was a, he was an intern at the church at the time, but he was like, wow, like you have, you know, just based off of like a paragraph, he's like, man, I think you have such a gift of like teaching because the way that you see scripture is just, it's different than other people. And I remember I was like, oh really? Like it just, 
you know, it, it, that, that was one of those clicking moments. Like it clicked for me like, oh, okay, cool. And then throughout, you know, time, it's just, I would do a stage component or uh, I would help out at the high school ministry. And, you know, I would do a five minute teaching here that they asked me to do. And every time I feel like it was more and more people that were confirming like, wow, this is something that I feel like the Lord has placed over your life. And Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. You know, d- different words. So, but the interesting part of it is like, you know, I was an intern and I had this idea of what I wanted to be. And in my head, it's so funny because I was always like, well, if I'm a, if I'm a teacher, like if I'm supposed to be teaching the word, then I'm supposed to be like a pastor and I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be a youth pastor mm-hmm. or a young adults pastor, right? Because we yeah. always we always know what it is in our head, right? We have the best course in our head yeah. at all times. We know better Duh. than that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this is easy. You know, you have your life mapped out. And yeah. But what's interesting is, um, you know, I've told this story a few times, but my, I, I met my wife in church when I was an intern and she's actually, uh, my father-in-law is Roger. He's the pastor of Motion Church where I go to. Oh, so nice. he's my pastor and he's my father-in-law. So it was, it's, it's quite the dynamic. Double whammy. Like, okay, boss, yeah. pastor, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but what's interesting is, you know, I started working at the church and I worked as a kid's pastor and then I transitioned to help administratively with some of our college age students. But I was on staff probably for like five years. And, um, throughout the five years of me being on staff, there was positions that opened up that didn't get to me. Like I, I put my name in the hat and they didn't give me Mm. the job. You know, this is like junior high, high school pastor, young adult youth, just in that world. And then I remember like the fourth time, you know, at first, the first time it's kind of like, okay, whatever I'm young, you know, I'm like, I, I get it. You know? And then as more and more times went by, it was more of a question. I'm like, huh, I wonder why. I didn't get that. And then I remember the last time it was a good friend of mine. He was a young adults pastor. He left and he told me, he was like, Hey Spencer, I just want to let you know that I, I let the pastor know that I think that you're the best person for this job. I think that you would do great. I like highly recommended you blah, blah. Okay, great. So he leaves and then I still don't get it. So at this point, I'm like, I'm so frustrated. I, yeah. you know, cause of course, right. It's yeah. like, I mean, all the, I'm a, all those words were alive from God. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you know, and I'm frustrated, I'm angry. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know what? I have to go talk to my, I have to go talk to my pastor because I just need some clarification here. So I sat down with him. I remember, and I'm like, Hey, I just need some, you know, you don't, I don't deserve an answer. I get it. Like you don't have to tell me, but I would just love to know like why this has came and gone so many times I haven't, I haven't gotten. And I'll never forget, he looked at me and he was like, you know, it's not that you're not a great teacher. I think that you're a great teacher. I think that you're a great leader. He goes, I think that you are totally qualified for this job. And if it was up to me, you would have, you would have, you would have had it already. He goes, but every single time that this job has come up, you know, I just, in my spirit, I, I don't feel like the Holy Spirit is giving me the green light for you. Mm. And I don't feel like this is for you. And he goes, I don't know what that means, but I just, and so obviously I left that meeting and I'm super frustrated and I, I'm like, you're lying. Yeah. I don't believe you, you know, all these things. And, <laughs> you know, so, so I grumbled and, yeah. you know, pouted for a couple of weeks, but then I had a good conversation with one of my buddies and he was like, you know, cause I'm talking all these things of they're shutting this door in my face. Like they're closing this door of opportunity. And yeah. I remember he was like, you know, it's, he goes, if, 
if this is a door of opportunity that God wanted open for you, like, do you really think that man could ever shut it? So obviously if this has came and gone so many times and you are not getting this, obviously God is slamming this door shut. So you can't walk through it. And it was a very humbling conversation because then at this point, and this is 2020. So then at this point I'm like, okay, well, well, okay, let, let me change my mindset. Let me change my focus and let me start actually start praying like, okay, Lord, if this isn't what you want, then what do you, what do you want? Hmm. And uh, realizing that, you know, your, our plans aren't always what God has intended. And so that was in 2020 and through that prayer and process. And we, that's when we came up with the podcast of like starting it. And, um, sure. and it's obviously, you know, I look back now and I look at myself back then. And I'm like, what an idiot I yeah. was to think that, <laughs> You know, everything that God has done through this ministry wouldn't have ever happened if I would have gotten my way. And so, Mm. yeah, it's the waiting seasons are always hard, especially when you have a call over your life. But I always tell people, I'm like, you know, the best possible thing that you can do as you, you know, are waiting for a position or waiting for an opportunity or have some type of calling in your life, the best thing that you could possibly do is just like practically step into whatever is next and, like take the weight and the pressure off of yourself. Mm. And so many of us trying to try are trying to forge our own future and do what God, all with good intentions, right? All with good intentions, like, oh, God's called me to do this. So I have to do this X, Y, and Z. But instead, this has been a season in my life where for the first time, I feel like I'm stepping into things that God has placed in front of me rather than yeah. creating it myself. And I'm so telling good. you, life has so much more levity and joy and life when you live man. your life like that it's peace. just peace yeah you know because like this the growth of the pot everything it's just i just am just being obedient to what i feel like god is telling me to do and and he's really just clearing the path out for me so mm. it's not you know and it's easier said than done because there's going to be tears and frustration and in your pesky flesh you yeah know? of course of course and there's going to be yeah. it's not a clear path but it's a messy road that you just have to trust God and, and just take the next step. And, you know, probably five, 10 years later, you're going to look back and be like, oh, yep. Okay. That all, that all made sense. That uh-huh. all made yeah. Well, and honestly too, man, like that's it though. It's like, there's been so many, so many, um, uh, you know, like you were talking about in the moment perceived like, oh, these people, they know I'm right for it, but they're just slamming it in my face, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've had so many of those moments in my life. But now I look at like where I am now and just like, it, it is really that thank God there was delay because I even can look back at where my heart was at in that, where it was like on the surface, I would have still behaved. I wouldn't have been gimme, gimme or anything like that. I've never, mm-hmm. never been that way. I, that's like, to me, that's always been more of an easy area. If I can say that it's still uncomfortable, but an easier area for me to kind of like take and set before the Lord. Yeah. Uh, but there was some underlying just heart issues that no one would ever see, but they were there. Mm-hmm. Um, the glory hound, you know, even though I didn't want to admit it at the time, you know, those areas of, of finding validation through praise of men. And um, dude, I'm just so happy. Like when we have those moments of delay, it's just another opportunity to put your hand back on the plow and to keep going and allowing the Lord to continue to refine you. Like, and, and sometimes it can be really frustrating, you know, like, tell you, you know, before I did this, I went through an eight year season of just being hidden, man. And mm-hmm. eight years. And you're just like, 
does it do you do get those to those moments where you're like does is is my life going to mean anything like because <laughs> you're just like god's got you hidden away and he's just refining you and refining you're like i think I, I think i'm refined enough god i think we can you know so that can be tough man i know exactly how that feels yeah it's it's definitely in like i mean it's you're you're saying it perfectly but it, yeah it is like not this easy season where it makes sense and it's struggle, but there's going to be confusion in there and there's mm -hmm. going to be times and that's, that's faith and that's trust of like, I, I really don't know how this is all going to pan out, but I'm trusting in the Lord that he's going to establish my, my plans and my steps. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's just, it, it takes that and it takes somebody being on the other side of it, obviously. And I'm obviously still in it. I mean, it's only been two and a half years, sure. but Sure. That's what helps is people on the other side that are like, you hear their stories and they're like, you know what, honestly, I didn't know I was doing like 90% of the time, <laughs> you know? And, and these yep. are people that, you know, past pastors of big churches and movements and all these things. And a lot of them will tell you like, oh yeah, I kind of just figured it out along the way. But that I think that's the yeah. beauty of it. And I would rather my life look like that than have everything planned and dialed and feel like I'm the one that's created everything. Right. Well, then where's me. God at that point? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like God's clearly going, okay, Spencer, he's got it figured. Let's just let him do his thing. You know, and you know, it's only a matter of time before, I mean, anybody that's in a situation like that, it's only a matter of time before you do crash and burn. Mm -hmm. Oh so. yeah. And I, I would rather humble myself than be humbled by God. Right. Yeah. Do it first. Yeah. Humble yourself first, everybody. Be responsive to the uh, conviction of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously you started this. Did you know right away? Because you really hit on a lot of stuff hitting Gen Z. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're uh, you're definitely a part of that generation, I guess, maybe kind of slightly in between. You're like a Zennial or whatever they call them. So I, I, yeah, I, I'm technically an undercover millennial. So I'm like, uh, I was born in 94. So I okay. think that might be in the in-between, but I'm on the fringe of right. being a millennial. But yeah, I look got, like I'm like 18. So yeah, everybody thinks I'm Yeah, you got to put in both camps, but you know, definitely look like you can yeah. you, incognito, you know, blend in with the, <laughs> right. the younger hip, hip crowd. Um, so obviously, you know, a lot of stuff happening. I would say these definitely are hitting millennials pretty hard but also gen z but that's mm -hmm. deconstruction the whole deconstruction movement church hurt offense all that and then making negotiations with scripture yeah um where we cherry pick what we want to you know what we want to believe and what we don't want to believe um because it offends our flesh but you really hit all these things was that something you knew right away okay this is what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna go for it was that kind of were you nervous to hit some of those heavier hitting topics? You, you can be pretty bold in some of the things you say, which I love. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I didn't play, honestly, it wasn't the game plan. Like I, it's so funny because when people meet me in, you know, in, in real life and whatever, I'm like a very chill, relaxed person normally. Like I'm not, but my real, like, yeah, what I put out is I just have a strong passion for biblical truth. I have a strong passion for abiding by scripture and, and battling against cultural norms that are yeah. kind of making its way into the church and into scripture. So yeah. I, but I didn't plan for that to be the case. I mean, I started the podcast as like a I mean, I kind of like was branding it as like a Christian leadership type podcast and uh, and it just changed. And I can't even tell you how it changed. I think once I just started talking about what I was passionate about, that those were just the reoccurring themes that I saw. 
And then once I started answering, trying to answer a lot of these questions, that was a reoccurring question that came up a lot. So just naturally my bend uh, went towards, yeah, deconstruction and negotiating scripture. And that's where I think, you know, if my, my theme of my podcast has always just been, yeah, truth. It's like preaching truth in a world full of lies. Cause that's what I'm just most passionate about. And so it just took a natural turn towards that, which obviously resonated with a lot of millennials and Gen Z and also didn't resonate. You know, there's people that really don't like the oh, things I'm that sure. I'm saying. And so it's just, I really think that it's just been out of, you know, what I study and, and what I'm passionate about and what the, I mean, really what the Lord has been speaking to me and the Holy Spirit continues to speak to me because, you know, I, it's, it really is just an overflow of, of my passion and, and what I study. So that's just mm -hmm. kind of been the emphasis of the last, you know, couple of years. Yeah. So I would love to hear your thoughts just on the deconstruction movement. I mean, honestly, I look at like these three topics I hit on deconstruction, church hurt, and then making negotiations with scripture, or as I said, cherry picking scripture. I see those all as kind of, um, you know, strands in a, a mm -hmm. multi-stranded cord, um, yep. you know, that's being used to pull down uh, the church. But why do you, why is it happening, Spencer? I would love to hear your thoughts on just this whole deconstruction gobbledygook going around. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> um, it is, it's, it's rampant right now in our culture. I think one of the big reasons that we see a lot of deconstruction right now, and I think it's been like the last five years, you know, that we've kind of seen this pop up a lot is I think it kind of stems from, you know, when I got saved when I was 16 years old and I, I already explained this, but a little backstory is, you know, I think I got saved in an era of church and I wasn't churched at all. So I had no context as to what's going on. But so my experience as a 16 year old, mostly from like consuming, you know, I love my church and I think we've always preached total truth, but just from like a big C church lens is when I got saved when I was 16, it was, it was primarily and uh, almost only centered on like the grace gospel. Which is like I'm not saying that the grace, like it's grace, part of the gospel. It's part of the gospel. It's, part of the gospel. Yeah. it's, it's a, an an essential piece and element, obviously, of the gospel. But right. I remember when I got saved, it was like I got saved by a grace message, and I got, you know, it built up and encouraged by grace messages. But when I studied the word, like, well, like I said, for like six months, man, I was like every morning I was studying the word. I I like fell in love with like the righteousness of God and the holiness of God. And, and that it formed a little bit more of a holistic, you know, understanding of the Lord in me where I just think that I have people that, that I got saved. I, we went to the same service. We got saved or people I did interns with, and they are going through the same deconstruction, you know, um, season of their lives of they're kind of tearing apart. And I think a lot of it has to do with the world has been fed or the church has been fed for a long time, a primarily grace doctrine mm. and uh, only grace doctrine. And they, they've never really been preached about, you know, the righteousness of God, the standards of God, why it's healthy to remain in the boundaries that God set mm. and the wickedness of man and our, our deceitful hearts and all of these things that are so important. So I think that when you're, when you're preached that only grace and, God loves you right where you're at, which is true. And God's for you, which is true. And God wants to have a friendship and a relationship with you, which is true. But if that's all that you hear, 
then I think it's easy to turn it and think that that relationship is now on your terms, not on God's terms. Dude, for but real. Our relationship is on God's terms. And I think what's happened is we've gotten to a place where a lot of people now, if you're only preached that doctrine, then the second that you read or uh, appears something that maybe disagrees with you or, oh, I don't know about that, or I'm living contrary to that. Now, all of a sudden, and I think it's up for negotiation because you think that because I feel this way, God loves me enough to to help me and be there for me in this different right. type of gospel. So right. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, any any movement of culture, like anything, there's always like a lagging metric, which means like if something's happening today, we're probably not going to, they say that about inflation, right? It's like, if something's happening today, we're probably going to feel it in like six months to a year. Yeah. Whereas I think in the church, it's the same. It's like when I, you know, we've had this doctrine that's been preached the last decade. Well, now I feel like we're catching up with all these people that got saved five, 10 years ago by that doctrine. And now with the age of information too, it's like a beautiful storm that's that's happening where, you know, information is great, but I always say like, what did Satan tempt Eve in the garden with? He tempted her with knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. So knowledge without the proper boundaries and context on it can be very damaging to us. And so you have people that number one, think that the grace doctrine is the only thing that they can be concerned about. And then they disagree with scripture. And what they do is they go to the internet and they type with the intention of wanting to justify their belief. And you'll always find something to justify what you want on the internet. Of course. Yeah. So yep. I think that all, it's all a perfect storm into be slouching into like what's convenient for our flesh. Um, because, you know, we always, always are tending to lean towards our flesh and what in compromise towards it. I mean, I think, you know, it's in Numbers 14, it's talking about in the desert, right? The nation of Israel. And it's crazy because they're like, oh, they have a moment where they want to go back to, they want to go back to Egypt. They want to go back to slavery. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they got meat and mm -hmm. leeks in, in <laughs> Egypt. And it's like, well, guys, you were literally slaves, yeah. but they, they didn't want to press on and do the work and toil. They wanted to go back to basically what was given to them and, yeah. and that. And so I think that's the the inclination within every single one of us with our flesh is like, we want what's easy. Mm, you know, we, yeah. of course, like you can train yourself to want righteousness and fight for that, but left to our own devices, we just, we want what's easy. Yeah. And I think that this deconstruction, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's the easier road than yeah. facing confrontation and facing things that maybe rub us the wrong way. It's true. Yeah. Uh, Cause you're forced to actually ask, answer hard questions, you know, mm -hmm. uh, ask hard questions and then honestly answer them according to scripture. And sometimes that's very contrary to our flesh, but we've been getting some, que some questions in the, the, um, the comments about what do we mean by deconstruction? Uh, okay. so Spencer, what is deconstruction? What is the deconstruction yeah. movement? So I would say deconstruction in the simplest terms, deconstruction is a departing of historic Christian beliefs. So deconstruction is people that say that the Bible is no longer without air, that it has air in it. Um, that it's up to we can negotiate scripture and what it means, and it's all it's also like a departing from the local church in in the historical context of you know everybody's planted at a local church. I think it's departing from that. So I think it's just departing from historic Christianity at the mm. end of the day. Yeah. And I mean, we could talk about this too, but I would like to say in in the regards to deconstruction, whenever I talk about deconstruction, one of the biggest arguments for it, because when I say historic Christianity, 
you know, the biggest argument is, well, you have Martin Luther and you have Calvin that also were also deconstructed, right? And that's the big idea is, well, Martin Luther deconstructed with the Protestant Reformation in the 16th, in the 16th century. But I, I would very much disagree with that. And that's why, you know, when you use the word deconstruction, it can, you know, mean different things. You get but- muddled, yeah. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Yeah, but when, when Martin Luther deconstructed, I guess, if in that sense, you know, they departed from the Catholic Church because the Catholic at that time was undergoing a ton of corruption. Oh my gosh. Where, yeah. Where people yeah. were indulgences paying, and paying all, for yeah. the sin that they wanted. And here's here's my money. Now I get to go do whatever I want. Right. There's yeah. mass corruption. So that came out of it. But I always say when Martin Luther with the Reformation, sure they tore down some things at the time, but it was in order to build something from it. Yes. And what we saw on from scripture. It, uh, yes, scriptural. What they were scripture, doing. scripture yeah. alone, and that's what was the idea of it. Yeah, we tore this down, but to build something from it, and then we see the Refor- the Great Reformation. We see all these revivals happening. Yeah, with with modern day deconstruction, people are they're not critical, they're cynical, which means they're not looking and asking questions. They're just wanting to tear everything down, and that's right. what I've seen is yeah. they they have nothing else to build up from it. They're just wanting to tear down scripture. They're wanting to tear down the local church. And because of that, there's the, it's just what it, base your judgments on the fruit of it, you know, and there's the right. fruit of modern day deconstruction is a so bunch good. of people that are, that are bitter and angry at God and at Christians. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I see. And it's not good fruit. Mm. Yeah. That's so good, Spencer. I'm glad you pointed that out. Cause one thing that I had, um, this, this lady, Rayma trainer, who's awesome. Um, and we were talking about this whole deconstruction and I had, I had, I started talking about an experience I had had where I really started to feel a shift within me. Um, actually it was during that eight year hidden season that I was telling you about. And during that process, there was an area, some areas that I had allowed, uh, post or like progressive Christianity, the time we called it postmodern. I, mm-hmm. they were very sneaky, but they were there. Um, yeah. and I started realizing this is not biblical like because i would read Mm. stuff in scripture and be like that actually is the exact opposite of what i've been believing right now and so there was this whole process for me and so i said to her in a way i was going through a deconstruction but it wasn't a bad and she said i think a better word is disentanglement and i said Mm. yeah that is actually because if you are entangled that will yield deconstruction because then you go well it's a jumbled ball of whatever let's just throw the whole thing out you know, you're like, no, actually there's truth in there and you've allowed lies to weave themselves in there. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. in many ways, you've woven them yourself with your own hand. And I think that a lot of the deconstruction that's happened too has been our flesh's attempt to answer things that only God can answer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so I think that that's also another. So I've kind of shifted my terminology of like, I would say what Martin Luther did was more disentanglement clearly more than a deconstruction. And I think it's a really, really important to kind of create these, the, these strong terms because then when people do say, well, there was deconstruction. What about Martin Luther? Like that was actually more disentanglement because they're, they were reorienting themselves with scripture, not going, "Uh, it's a little harsh in my opinion. Right. (laughs) A lot of opinions out there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
it's, yeah, it's so that that is good. I, I'd agree. Yeah, disentanglement is a, is a better word because yeah, I mean there was a purpose and intention behind it, and mm-hmm. and again, like you see, basically what was a result of it. And I I've never met you know a deconstructionist modern day what any of my friends or anybody that like has a positive outlook and view on. I mean, their faith in reality, it's right. all, it's Pretty all bleak. just very demonstrative. It's all very negative. It's, you know, and so you, you recognize a spirit, you know, even if you can't put words to something, you always mm-hmm. recognize, you know, the spirit of something and it's just not good. Yeah, absolutely. And so obviously I think that, you know, church hurt is, um, you know, for those who, you know, maybe need a clear, it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's basically you got hurt in the church, mm-hmm. ergo, throw it all out, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that that also is, you know, again, it's all kind of interwoven here, but you know, the deconstruction movement is, is a lot of times is provoked by church hurt being hurt by one person. But something I say on this show a lot, because I have a lot of friends, you know, I was in YWAM for several years and I've seen Mm -hmm. a lot of friends where it wasn't church hurt as in like a church building, but it was churches in the body hurt. And, um, a lot of them are like, I'm not a Christian anymore, or I'm a universalist and all these things. And, and my question is always, whom are you serving? Like, like, who are you serving? Like, are you, are you serving Jesus or are we serving? Are we, are we putting man in the place of where Jesus is supposed to be? Because if you're and the same goes for, I say this too, the same goes for a marriage uh, or a friendship. If you have Jesus in the center and it's a, it's a cliche, but it's true. If you have Jesus in the center, and you're all in a group together and you're fixated on him, like you are going to grow closer. You are mm-hmm. going to, yeah, you're going to reach conflict. Absolutely. But you know, yeah, it's that's a church hurt is a huge thing. And it, yeah, it is kind of, you know, you, you, you see them hand in hand, but I think, yeah, I I've seen it. I mean, and it's exactly what you're saying is like, what are your, where's your foundation? What are you building your life on? You know, I've seen people that don't get a job at a church and then all of a sudden just like are so hurt they leave and it's like wait what what are we you know were you were here for a job like that's that's very right. confusing and i think it's worth noting too like we're all prone and susceptible to these things right sure. and we're not we're not above it like i i i have to check myself daily and my spirit daily like okay what if am i letting offense into my heart and what am I trying to negotiate? Because like even my story of like not getting a job, it's like how easy would it have been for me to not talk to the pastor, but instead to be like, man, that they didn't give me what I deserved and I'm out of here and leave and go yeah. go serve at another church all the while. Maybe I get a job at another church all the while just harboring this bitterness in my heart that right. festers over time and and becomes you know a monster eventually. So I think it's like if you are in the church, like you're going to get hurt because the church isn't like, you know, the church is a beautiful place, but it's, we act like it's some type of like spiritual bubble insulated from the outside world when in, in reality, it really is just Christians trying to operate in real, in the real world. Mm-hmm. And there's, because of that, there's going to be hurt. There's going to be people that don't act like Christ acts. And I know that because I'm in the church and I don't always act like how Christ would want me to act. And so I, I expect that from other people. And when I say that, I'm not excusing like bad behavior. I'm not excusing hurt and I'm not excusing people that maybe, you know, if somebody's listening that have hurt you, like it's, it's not okay. And, uh, there, there has been some, some pretty, 
you know, outrageous and vile hurt that's happened in a church and in a Christian church. And, you know, I'm not excusing any of that, but I'm just saying when you look at a church and the local church and it's filled with just a bunch of people, the dynamics of it, the relationships, like it's going to get messy at times. Um, but it goes back to, yeah, like at the end of the day, if somebody hurts you, it's not God hurting you. It's just somebody misrepresenting Christ. And because of that, we can't have this um, unrealistic expectation that everybody in church is going to treat us how we ought to be treated because that doesn't happen anywhere <laughs> in the world because right. we all, at times, we just, we're not the best at times and we screw up and sometimes we have a bad day and, you know, you say things that you don't mean. And um, I, I just always try to try to give advice of like, resolve, resolve, resolve all that you can because there's mm. going to be times in people's lives where they do get hurt or they get hurt feelings or somebody says some things. And, but 95% of the time that feeling and that disagreement or whatever it looks like, it can be resolved by one conversation. Dude, come on. And sure. we've, we've created a world of social media where people can say whatever they want on the internet without any repercussions. And we've created this kind of like cowardice, type of living where everything is social, everything's over text and you never have like face-to-face -face confrontations. Mm. Like nobody likes, you know, nobody likes confrontation. But then when you go face-to-face, -face, hey, can I have a meeting with you? Hey, you said this, it really hurt my feelings. That even more so people avoid, but we can't avoid it. We can't neglect it because even in the gospels, it talks about, hey, if you're bringing a sacrifice to the altar and you remember that you have that somebody has an offense against you not even that you offended somebody but somebody has an offense against right. you leave it at the altar mm -hmm. go make things right and then come back so it, it's a matter of so much of this can be solved by number 1 just confronting having loving confrontational conversations hey you said this and give the benefit of the doubt i always say like you can't go into a con confronting conversation hoping that things blow up. You know, we always have those the, like in the shower, you know, you go through those arguments in your oh, head. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> you think, oh, if he says this, I'm going to say that. That can't be our yeah. heart. It has to be, you know, hey, the other, the other day you said this and it, this is how it made me feel. It made me feel like you were thinking this about me. Like, is that, is that true? And I'm telling you like 95% of the time they're going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, I didn't mean that. And it'll diffuse mm -hmm. the situation. Um, so, so that goes into a lot of it, but then of course there's going to be bigger moments where hurt actually happens. And then that's when you bring in other people and you bring in wise counsel, you bring in authority, you bring in all those things and you make amends because at the end of the day, it's, you can't afford to walk to further in your life, holding on to things of bitterness and resentment. Oh, like people think that it's some type of like power or weapon, but in really, in reality, it's just, it's crippling to you. It's and poison. It's, it's poison that'll carry mm. you and it'll just poison your future relationships. It'll poison any church you go into. Um, and, and that's just the case of like, you ha you can't afford to not resolve things in your life. But mm. we have a, a culture right now that is so just anti, I just avoid, I just quit my job and I go to somewhere else or I leave a church, I go somewhere else. Yeah. And it's like, man, we have to have these conversations because we have to, we have to uh, contend for what unity in the body of Christ. Mm, see, that's it, man. It's about unity though. And I think that mm -hmm. that's, that is our, that's the mandate in which we're supposed to walk. We're supposed to be a unified body. A body is in a very uh, profound illustration because 
the arm isn't there sometimes the arm is there always yep. right it's like the arm doesn't go now nah, i'm not i don't i'm checked pass for today i'm good right, like right. like we're, we're we're all in whether we like it or this is what we signed up for and um i think that man uh, conflict is not fun but it is inevitable especially mm -hmm. as you pack in a bunch of people it's that's not being negative nancy or anything like that but i i say this as well just because you know, my wife and i speak a lot about relationships of just like if you can accept the fact that conflict is inevitable yep. and, and that your goal is unity when it happens it, the sting is a lot it, it takes the edge off a little bit still i mean yeah you still have to like work through some stuff you know yeah. um but it, it is an inevitability as we're all seeking the Lord together. We're all being confronted with moments where our flesh is like, and also, you know, speaking to our society right now, we're in a society where it's like, everything is, you know, especially amongst younger generations, everything's done online. Yeah. You know, uh, if they say, I don't like Jeff Tharp or Spencer Nakamura. They're just a, they're just a, an image on a screen. They can even shut off the whole, this is a person who yeah. has feelings and they could just say whatever they want. And, um, it's this whole mentality also, of, I can't be wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. and so that's what happens with, uh, well, that's how, uh, that's how riots happen guys uh, in <laughs> Portland. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like things like that, where it's like, there's just that whole mentality of, I can't be wrong. Therefore, right. and it's this age of superheroes and supervillains and all this stuff. And they go like, you automatically assume the worst. Now, if you automatically assume the worst of every intention of everything someone does, <laughs> that is a you problem. Yes, and you need to absolutely. actually ask yourself, well, why do I always, why do I always assume the worst with anybody that any perceived disagreement, any perceived comment that I take as negative? Why do I always assume the worst? And that's a really important question to ask too. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the, I mean, you know, a lot of the way that we react to people that say things to us is from our how healthy we are internally. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right. It's like, you know, we think about all these different things of how people wrong us and what people do to us and how dare they. But a lot of a lot of times, if we would just look inward to our own heart and how we're doing, because when I'm when I'm healthiest. When I feel good, when I feel like, man, the Lord loves me, I'm in my calling, I'm doing good, my my marriage with my wife is good, there's not a lot that can get me upset. Mm. Even like, and I'll find myself giving the benefit of the doubt more when yeah. I'm in a good place. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I always tell people like, when, in confrontation, you know, because people are like, well, so this person said this to me or, you know, whatever it may be. And I always am asking, okay, are you, is this in an, are you hurt or are you injured? Because there's a big difference between the two. Because you can, you know, if you play sports, you can be hurt. You can, you know, have a bruised shoulder. You can have a sore leg. But like you still go out there and you still still perform because there's mm -hmm. a job to get done. But then there's injury. Oh, I rolled my ankle. I broke my arm. Okay, that needs immediate assistance right now. We need to take care of that. And so a lot of times that can also be a good gauge in our interactions with one another with people is like, you know, hey, somebody bumped into me and they didn't say excuse me. It's like, okay, well, that, that may be a time where you can just give the benefit of the doubt to someone and say, okay, they're having a rough day. 
they probably, you know, had an argument with somebody like it's, and it's when you're more focused in what you're doing, it's easier to have that mentality mm -hmm. of like, okay, that it must be a bad day. Or, you know, if three days go by, four days go by and they bump into you every single time, then it's like, okay, yeah, I need to bring this up. But it's a level of everything being like, the craziest, everything being, oh, I need, the, how dare you do this against me? All of these things, right? But it's easy to feel that way when we are not spiritually healthy and we're not mm. in a good place because we think, how dare they do that to us when we have pride in our hearts? Yeah. Any little thing, it's like, how dare they do that to me? Versus saying, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I get it. I have, I have bad days too. I mean, I think the, the posture of our hearts can be totally different in that way. Oh yeah. And actually something, you know, I'm a storyteller, so I love just, I'm constantly coming up with just narrative things. And I was sitting there, I, this is something I actually do. If there's, say there's somebody who is driving in front of me and they're not very attentive or they're not whatever, I'll actually like just for fun, I'll because I do tend to give people the benefit benefit of the doubt as well. I'll come up with a story of like why they're acting the way that they are, and even though I know it's not true, what happens as I say it is my heart actually starts to warm to this person. It's really bizarre that I do that. I'm like, no, 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 or like someone like a waiter is like really snappy or something. I'm like, they had the worst day ever. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Picture this. This is what happened. I'll say it to people that are with me. I'm like, maybe this is yep. what happened. And they're like, okay, fine, Jeff. You know, like, uh, yep. but it, it actually helps me not vilify people, um, mm -hmm. you know, and just go, oh yeah. It just gets me thinking about other people's lives. I'm like, these are other people that are having lives, just like living their life, just like I am. They may have got cut off. Maybe they got T-boned today. Maybe their dog died, you know, like not yep. Yep. be super depressing, but you just never know. So you never know. Really good giving people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. it's a very practical thing, but it, it'll do wonders for you when you're talking, when you're thinking like offense and letting things go. And right. I mean, I think we all know that person that's just like, they get so mad at everything and mm -hmm. so offended. And it's like, life has to be so stressful for yeah. you, you know? <laughs> yeah, you need to go do something you enjoy, you know? Yes, Go yes. outside or something. Um, so, yeah, man, I um, well, I would love for you to actually just pray, just close this out, pray for people. It's interesting. We had, on Friday, we had an episode all about bitterness. Mm. And again, people, we don't plan these things. We didn't know that <laughs> we were going to hang out around this time, but the Holy Spirit did. Uh, so um, I actually would love for you to pray in, just into that, just for, for people that are still, um, maybe something happened over the weekend, you know, and they're having a really hard time letting God love mm -hmm. you to pray for that. Absolutely. Well, Lord, we just, uh, we, we lift you up right now and we thank you that, uh, you are a good father, that you're a loving father. And we just thank you for this time, for this podcast. Uh, right now we pray that those that need to hear it, uh, hear it. And, uh, it's not just something that's they're listening to, but it's something that's really soaking deep in their spirit. And I just pray right now for those that may have bitterness sneaking up on them. Uh, maybe they're consumed by it. Maybe they just feel a little off. But right now we just, we speak against bitterness and we recognize that it's not from you and that you bring peace. And we, we thank you that your word tells us that you're a God 
not of confusion, but of peace. So right now we just speak peace over listeners. I, I thank you that even right now you can minister to them wherever they are at. And Holy Spirit, you're the one that can reach into their heart and, and just begin to soften it towards other people, towards situations. Uh, we, we pray and we thank you that you not only just see what we're going through, but you understand it. Uh, the people that have hurt us in life, you see it, but you understand it. Uh, the people that have maybe wronged us, you understand it, and you're with us helping minister to us. So right now, I just pray that you would do a supernatural work in those that maybe haven't had the ability to let go of situations in their life, that you would allow them to start to let go and trust that you take care of everything. We know that nothing passes over you, nothing passes your watch or your gaze, and you work out all things in the end. So would we just continue to just let go of situations that maybe we felt didn't go the way that we wanted to go or people that have hurt us. And will we just give them to you because we trust you and we trust that you are a faithful God, that you know what's best for us. And in all things, you work together for the good of those that love you according to your riches and glory. And I thank you, Lord, that you are doing such a mighty work in the lives of us as believers in this time. Would you help us to continue to let go of bitterness so that we can walk confidently in what you have called us to do? Because we know that we can't do that unless we begin to let go of some things and, and take a hold of what you have. So I just thank you that uh, you're healing, you're ministering, you're encouraged you're encouraging and you're also convicting in this time the way that only you can. We put our trust, our faith, and our hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That was great, man. Um, how can people follow you? Obviously, we you do a you do live streams, you say every Thursday. Yeah, so I do live streams every Thursday um, on YouTube, but um, people can find me. Uh, you can find me on any platform um, at Spencer Nock N A K. I shortened it because my last name's complicated for a lot of people. So uh, you can find me at Spencer Nock. Uh, if you want access to everything, you can always go to my website at Spencer or SpencerNockamora.com. And then you can also follow the podcast, which is called The Future Is Now. So awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much. This was great. Like I said, we just love, love what you're doing. Just want to encourage you to keep doing it. I know you're going to, but uh, yeah, dude, really, really appreciate you. Well, thanks for having me on. It seriously Absolutely. is an honor and I hope that it, it hits the right people. Oh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. So everybody, that's our show. Have a blessed Tuesday. Again, we start our teaching series, Relationships 101 with Yvonne and Mina tomorrow, part one of three. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and then also don't forget, if you have a question for Elijah Fire in general, Illumination or myself, write us on Facebook Messenger. Comment in any videos this week in the comment section or DM us on Instagram. We're gonna be doing episode 300 on Friday. It's gonna be absolutely dynamite. So we want to answer your questions. So um, be blessed, you guys. We love you and we'll see you tomorrow with Mina and Ivana Tia. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.